Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey there, guys. This is Coach Carl from the Inspired by Impact podcast. And here's a question I got for you today. What would happen if you took what works inside the gym and applied it outside the gym? In other words, the exact same principles and strategies that you use to build an amazing body, what would happen if you use them to build an amazing relationship, strengthen your mental, emotional health, and deepen your sense of life's purpose? Now, that is exactly what my man DK and I are going to be tackling today on the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Welcome to the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Danny Kennedy, and I'm here to help you become the very best version of yourself. What's up, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Fitness and Lifestyle Podcast. Today, I'm joined by a friend of mine, good friend of mine from across the globe. I've been very fortunate and grateful to be a part of Carl's podcast uh, a bunch of times now. And every time we've connected, it's been uh, it's been super insightful for me. And um, he's just one of those people that I feel like we've got this little connection. We're on the same page. And I know he's doing such good work with his audience and the people that he's adding value to in his life. And um, anyone that's doing that is someone that I want to connect with and and build a good relationship with and after a number of episodes on the inspired by impact podcast with carl i i, I was super keen to get him on to share his value and his story with uh the audience of the fitness and lifestyle podcast so before we dive in carl very grateful to have you here my man um i appreciate your time and i'm really looking forward to the audience uh getting to know you a little better and the the great work that you're doing with your audience and the value that you're adding to so many people's lives Thank you so much, DK, my man. Like, I, I couldn't echo your words more in terms of just that that instant vibe I felt when I first listened to your podcast, and then the couple times you've been on mine. It's just like, yeah, this is a guy that uh, it's not going to be a one and done type thing where he comes on the podcast and it's like, oh, okay, well, who's this Danny Kennedy guy? It's going to be no. This is a guy that's going to be he's going to become a brother. So it's been uh, the pleasure's been mine, buddy, for sure. My man. So I think, you know, you and I have had conversations, um, obviously around things like the law of vibration, right? We we're just talking just before we started this, this episode just now about how you're making a bit of a shift in terms of your coaching at the moment to start sharing more of your knowledge and your experience around everything, anything and everything to do with mindset and the, the impact it's had on your life, um, which I feel like you've been doing indirectly anyway, through the podcast and through your content, but that's an exciting mm. step for you. But, um, you know, when I, whenever I talk about, vibrational frequencies and, and when you're on this certain frequency and someone matches you on that same one you just you just know straight away that there's some form of some form of connection right and as i said when we did yeah. that first episode of the podcast i'm i'm very very grateful and very lucky to have done so many podcast episodes now um obviously been running this show for since 2016 and, and been very lucky to go on a number of other people's shows as well as a guest but um, as I said, sometimes you just feel straight away that you build this connection and, um, you know, you were a great interviewer and asked really good questions and, and got a lot of value out of me in that, in that episode as well. Um, mm -hmm. definitely a conversation that I've, um, you know, put some thought to for a fair while and I'll have the link to that episode, um, and Kyle's podcast in the show notes for you guys to check out. But 
I want to dive straight in, man, and, and ask you, because obviously uh, I know a lot of surface level stuff about you from your from your content and from the conversations we've had, but there's still a lot I don't yep. really know about, you know, how you got to the position you're in right now. So I'd love to hear, you know, what was the catalyst for you um, growing up? I don't know how old you were once you decided that this was your mission and you kind of understood that this was your purpose to dive into this space, but how did it all come about and and what did that journey look like for you? Nobody has ever asked me the question like that in terms of where it started because I kind of have a Genesis story that started in 29 or 2020. But when you brought up the whole like childhood thing, I'll never forget this moment. So I was a manager at a restaurant and there was this couple that would come in. So at the time I was, I think it was 20 and there was this couple that would come in and they were at the time in their thirties. And the guy was kind of bizarre in that his girlfriend would eat and drink, but he would just, he wouldn't order any food. He would taste her food and then kind of spit it out. And it's like, what are you doing? And so he was on a raw organic diet. So he wasn't eating anything cooked or anything processed. But one day when his girlfriend's in the bathroom, I'm coming and I'm taking the plates away. And he goes, they'd been coming in for a while now. So I knew them by name. And he goes, Carl, you are so much bigger than this place. And I don't know why him saying that just completely stopped me in my tracks, but it did. And from that moment on, he, he took me under his wing and became my first mentor. So he, he introduced me to people like Bob Proctor. He introduced me to, mm. um, people like Deepak Chopra and Eckhart Tolle. Like it just, and so this is, yeah, this is when I was 20 years old. And then he started just really, really challenging my beliefs in a way that nobody else had even remotely challenged them before. Like if we're talking like high school and junior high, how many books I had actually read the, the number zero. Cause I, I never mm. read a book from front to back. And then right after I met him, it was just like, I would, the very first book, I remember this, the very first book he ever got me was rich dad, poor dad. And I read it twice from front to back in one night. Like I just, I just sat at home and I don't know why. And then from that moment on, I just became like a self-help personal development junkie hardcore. So that's interesting. Nobody's ever asked me that. I haven't talked about that for a long time. That's a good question. And then how did that, how did that transition into the fitness space, right? Obviously you ah. know, something that you're really big on is, is using the, the lessons or the principles or the the foundations from what we use to see success physically and mentally inside the gym and carrying them across to outside the gym, which is something that I think is super important. And we'll touch on that soon, but how, how did that come about? And, and what was that journey like for you? Was there, you know, I, even when I think about myself and my journey in the fitness industry, there's still, you have this passion, which I think everyone has experienced in some way or another, regardless of what industry it's in, where you just want to do anything and everything to, to, to keep learning more and to, to add value mm -hmm. and to see success in it. But you still go through this period where it's like still figuring out where, what your lane mm -hmm. is. And I think, um, I think it's important to have to go through that to some degree because you get to, you know, trial a bunch of different things and, and see what you, what really lights you up and what maybe doesn't, but what was that process like for you? <laughs> well, It'd be easy to sum up what the process was like if I could show you all the domain names that I've registered over, say, like the past seven years from ideas that I've had. 
There was nine to five athlete where I was really geared towards people who had the nine to five job. Then there was losing weight outside the box. There was scale smash. There was a whole bunch of stuff that I'd be like, oh yeah, this is an awesome idea. I'm going to run with it. And then it would go, it would either go nowhere or it would get momentum. And then I would just kind of fall off. Like one of the things that actually went really well was I had this four hour mob, which was the four hour mind over body boot camp, And I was doing those on a monthly basis and they were incredible. Like I had a religious following of people who were doing this insane four hour boot camp. Like it was awesome. <laughs> so I did that for a while, but what I found was everybody was so interested in the physical aspect of it and not so much the mind mindset aspect of it. And I was completely going the other direction where I really wanted to work on the internal stuff. So mm -hmm. I had to take, I had to take a hard turn where kind of like you, when we were talking before this, where I just kind of, I ended up ditching, not ditching, but severing ties with a lot of, a lot of old clients because they, mm -hmm. they just wanted the physical training. And I knew there was so much more to life than that. And the reason why I knew that was because, or the re the way I discovered that was back in 2020 when December 4th, 2020, right before new year's. I go the I go to the bathroom with my shirt off to take a picture. I'm like, "Hey, I'm for sure getting into the best shape of my life this year. Like, no more fooling around. I'm going to get crazy jack." Now, keep in mind I've been at, at this point I've been a trainer for like 8 <clears throat> years already. Um and then I looked at my phone and I realized I had a picture from December 4th, 2019, a year ago, because I had made that promise to myself. And the pictures were exactly the same. So I went from 2019 to 2020 thinking I was doing everything right with my nutrition, thinking I was doing everything right with my fitness, but my body hadn't changed at all. So I was mm. like, well, this fucking sucks. And then I don't know why. I know why now, but at the time I didn't. This voice came in my head and said, Carl, if you're fooling yourself with your body, where else are you fooling yourself? And so that's when I looked, took a really hard look at the facts in my life. So say, for example, my relationship with Jenny Lee who we've been together almost 10 years now, but in 2020, we took a three month separation because we were like roommates. Like we weren't lovers at all. There was, there was no romance. We, we didn't fight or anything like that, but there was no deep connection. There wasn't very much excitement. There was no passion. Sex was like non-existent. So that broke up. And then I realized like my mental health is just an absolute shit show. Here I am an entrepreneur with my own business. And I can't even get myself out of my, out of bed to train my clients. And there was one particular time where I was in the shower shaving my head and I looked down at my wrists and I was just like, I was holding my razor in the other hand. I was just like, what if like, maybe I just need to get out of this right now. And I stopped shaving my head. I put the razor down and I got the hell out of the shower. So I didn't do anything stupid, but that was a super low point. So really long story short for that one. I made a radical transformation with my body in about 63 days because I just got really dialed into my fitness and my nutrition. And then at the end of the 63 days, I just said to myself, Carl, what if you could do the same thing with your relationships? What if you could do the same thing with your mindset? What if you could do the same thing with your sense of purpose and just really started literally having strategies and principles and tangible trackable things that I could measure, um, along the way in all the areas outside the gym. And that brings us to today where, things are dramatically different. 
That's awesome, man. Thanks so much for sharing. I think yeah, it'd be crazy not to ask now. What what were those takeaways? What were the findings that you had that, you know, the, the principles, the the non-negotiables, the the practices that you, you were using to transform your body physically? What were they, what were the crossovers that that allowed you to then do that with relationships with your partner and and, and with with clients and within business and within mindset? I think everyone listening to the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast, I uh, could almost confidently say, um, you know, takes care of themselves physically and, and is interested in evolving and growing, you know, physically and mentally. That's why they're tuning into this show, right? So, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel it's like my responsibility anytime I'm on the podcast to share with them, you know, lessons that I've taken from my experiences to, to hopefully make the journey for them more smooth and comfortable and, and to allow mm-hmm. them to see success in their life regardless of what they choose to do. So I'd love to hear what were those those principles that you found had a crossover outside of the gym? Another great question. And there were, while there were a lot of principles, there were, there were three fundamental ones and they were measure, track and manage. So when I really took a look at why my body hadn't changed in a year, even though I thought it was, I wasn't measuring anything. Like I, I never Mm -hmm. went on the scale. I didn't, I didn't track my macros in terms of nutrition. I wasn't tracking my workouts in terms of my weights. Like I would go in the gym and I would have a good workout, but I wasn't following a plan and I didn't have any specific Mm -hmm. targets. So I didn't know what I was measuring and I didn't. So therefore I didn't know how to measure it. So finally at that point in time, I'm like, Hey, I need to get crystal clear targets that I want to hit, not goals, like get in shape, but targets. Like I want to weigh up. If, if I'm doing numbers, it's like, okay, 155 with a body fat percentage less than 12. Okay. So that's a target inside the gym. Okay. I want to get my bench back up to two plates. That's a target. Um, in terms of how I feel, I want to wake up in the morning, feel energized and come noon. I don't want to be yawning. So I wanted measurable mm-hmm. targets. So I achieved all those things physically. So I was like, okay, what would this look like inside of my relationships? How would I know if my relationship is getting stronger? What would I measure? Well, when Jenny Lee and I ended up getting back together, I'm like, okay, well, how many times a week is she sending me a random text message thanking me for something that I've done? Or when I come home, she's taking time out of her day to specifically thank me for something that I did for her that showed her love. And I would track these things. I didn't tell her about it, but I wanted Mm. spontaneous indications that she knew I loved her because I wasn't doing that before. So I needed, I needed to measure that. And not only that, but in terms of measuring inside the gym, we got our three big lifts, right? Like you got your squats, your bench, your deads. Yep. What I did was I figured out what my big lifts were outside the gym. So with my, with my sense of purpose, for example, and really doing everything I'm doing right now inside of inspired by impact, it's like, Hey, what are my three big lifts? What are the things that really get me to fulfill my purpose the most? Number one is my morning routine that has to happen. That has been so solid since 2017. Number two is my connection with my brothers. So I have to make sure I'm connecting with brothers on a regular basis. In other words, getting a spot from them. So if ever I have issues, I can't just try to figure it out in my head. I have to get somebody on a video call, say something, say whatever's going on for me out loud so that I can give me feedback. That's another one. And then the third one was just the podcast, like making sure that I'm getting on the mic and sharing what I'm learning so that I can continue to learn more. So measuring for sure was one big thing, uh, tracking, like I already mentioned, and mm. then the single biggest, I don't know if it's a single biggest one, but it's, it's such an easy one to think about progressive overload. Like I started applying yeah. it everywhere. It's like, okay, here's where I'm at with Jenny Lee. 
I don't want to be just be okay. What does getting stronger look like with her? So, okay, I've got this thing down now. She's giving me those indications that she feels loved. What would be the next step? What would be the next step in her knowing that I love her this much or her feeling more connected? What could we do? So one of the things that I started doing with her is we have a training split for our relationship. Like we've got um, three, day, three days a week, we have what's called a snug session. So first thing in the morning, we have to cuddle before anything. So that happens three times a week. We have tune up Tuesdays where we listen to or watch a podcast together. We've got date night Fridays. So I've got my training split for her because I had a training split split for in the gym. Interesting, man. <clears throat> I think there's a lot to take from that. One thing or two things that really stood out to me from that is two words, communication and connection. Mm -hmm. uh, so part of the the measurable progress and, and actually before I get to that, touching on, you know, having measurable and, and trackable uh, variables within training, within business, within mindset, I think it's, it's super important, right? Because some, a conversation mm -hmm. I have a lot with clients is you can eat as healthy as you like, you can train as hard as you like, you can be as motivated as you want, you can you can do all of these things. But if you're if you don't know for certain that these things are actually moving the needle and that you are you are actually making progress by doing these things why the fuck are we doing these things it's like yeah i can eat as healthy as i like but that does not mean i'm in a calorie deficit i can train as hard as i like i can sweat i can burn all these calories but that doesn't mean that i've made any progress mm -hmm. so i think part of that that the takeaway from that is sometimes you'd be surprised it actually requires less effort or less thought or less like consumption of the brain to actually make more progress than what you ever have before it just requires you to come back and have some variables that can be measured to make sure that yep. what you're doing is actually having an impact right it's like the the saying and, and i think i've mentioned to you I'm, I'm horrible at sayings i say it every single time on the podcast when i try and say one but <laughs> it's like 20 percent of what we do gives us 80 percent of our results or something like that mm -hmm. whereas most people uh, are busy being busy. They are trying to fill their plate with as much as possible, thinking that that's what's going to get them the success or the progress over time. But, but another another part of that is like, well, if there's no if there's no energy, energetic or time capacity for you to receive more, how are you going to receive it? Mm -hmm. And I think that would obviously apply within a relationship too, right? If you're if you're you know working your ass off to build a business, if you're working your ass off to stay in shape physically, and you you have filled your plate. Or, or your plate is is past capacity. Where is mm -hmm. their time there to to manage or to to put time into your relationship or to receive more things or to be able to actually have time for for new things to come in when you've already filled your plate? But coming back to communication and and um, connection, that those mm -hmm. are two things that stuck out to me before. You mentioned obviously you know picking up the phone or getting on a Zoom call and, and actually chatting with people, whether it be communicating with your partner, whether it be communicating with yourself, whether or not you are you're actually, you know, following the things that you said you were going to do. I'd love for you to talk a little more around the communication side of things and and what impact you've seen um, with that, particularly in terms of, you know, reaching out to friends or or the communication that you've had with your partner and, and how much that's changed things. Oh, I'm so glad you brought this up because um, one of the mistakes, just to comment on something that you just said as well, in terms of like filling up your plate and like doing all business, it, it was so funny because Carl of 2020, when um, I was a couple of years, I was three years into entrepreneurship at that time when I quit my corporate job just to do whatever, right? And um, I told myself, okay, 
I'm going to work my ass off so I can have this much money and this much freedom to spend all the time I can with my friends and my family. Um, and I kept working and working and working. So I would cancel plans with friends. I would cancel plans with family. I'd cancel plans with Jenny Lee. And it's like, here I am working my ass off to spend time with the people that I love. Meanwhile, I'm not spending people with the time that I love because I'm working my ass off. And it's like putting off retirements for like delaying gratification. It was just, it was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So that's why Jenny Lee and I ended up splitting up. One of the reasons anyways, because I was just so non-present in the relationship. But when it comes to communication with, uh, A, with Jenny Lee, with my brothers and with myself, the way that I, I didn't realize just how valuable the relationships with my friends slash brothers would be. Um, because when I took a look at my life, I was trying to figure out what the lead domino was. And I'm like, well, if I can control my emotions and really, really hone in on my emotions, everything else will fall into place. So my physical health kind of took a back burner professionally kind of took a back burner relationships definitely did. And it wasn't until I stopped and said, okay, what if I just reorganize this and actually put relationships first? So I started doing that. And then what do you know, everything else started taking off. But the way that I always describe it is now with my, with like my closest brothers, for sure, we don't send a ton of text messages. Like we'll do if it's a really quick thing, but it's usually videos back and forth because we like seeing mm -hmm. each other's face and hearing each other's voices, right? Because we don't always have the same time because they're in different time zones, just like you and I are. So it's not like we can mm -hmm. hop on the phone all the time. So just pick up the phone. If you're having a challenge, just shoot me a video and send it back. And then I can send it back. So that level of communication, just going from a text message to a voice message, and then from a voice text to a video text, like that has mm -hmm. dramatically improved the quality of the relationships I have with my guys. Um, I'm wondering if you, you've experienced anything like that. Yeah, for sure. I, um, I think most people throughout, throughout COVID in particular, probably yeah. realized like how important connection was, right? If you didn't have connection throughout COVID, uh, typically I think, um, you know, people that didn't have that connection were probably struggling more so than others, even realizing how much face-to-face -face connection um, how much that actually impacts you. You don't realize it until it's taken away, but, you know, being able to jump on zoom calls, I was fortunate enough to be able to podcast a lot, which was fantastic. I was very, very lucky and grateful to have my partner, Danielle, like before that we barely got to spend time together because we were both working so much. So in a way, mm -hmm. the whole lockdown thing was, was, was all right. We didn't mind it. It was, uh, obviously from the business side of things, it didn't, wasn't great initially, but, um, from a relationship perspective, it was actually awesome. We got to spend a heap of time together, but, I'm a big fan of of uh, voice messages, right? I know a lot of people, mm -hmm. aren't. for some reason, some people just can't fuck listening to them or responding. But <laughs> whenever I'm talking to my friends or like my brother or or even my partner, a lot of the time we'll just send voice messages. I think it's so much easier to <clears throat> connect properly, you know, say what you want to mm -hmm. say, but at the same time, it's nice just to have that little bit of connection and, and conversation. And it feels like it means a little more, but I've even seen it within the business. One of the big changes that I made with my coaching is that with like my high ticket one-on-one uh, -on -one coaching initially, like our check-ins with clients was realistically just a written, like a template, send us through the answers mm -hmm. to these questions each week. I'll respond to you, go from there. Throughout COVID, I ended up responding to all those with either a video or a voice message. And even though the whole time it was me writing back to them, obviously, even with the template thing, right? But once mm -hmm. I was sending a voice message or a video message, the, the response or the connection was so much stronger 
And then now, like every single one of my one-on-one clients, every single week, we're on a 30-minute Zoom call face-to-face to, there'll be weeks where we don't even need to change anything or there's nothing that really needs to be even done or we might not have a massive focus point, but just that having that accountability and connection, I think makes such a, an incredible difference. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and absolutely. One more thing on that as well, actually, is it's sometimes people get, uh, how do I explain this? They either get disappointed with, with, the behavior of someone else or they get disappointed with the lack of effort from someone else or they get disappointed with whatever the result or the outcome is. But when you when you strip it right back or when you have some perspective, it's like, well, you never actually communicated or clarified or, or made a convicted intention or decision or made it clear to everyone else exactly what you want. It's very similar to some of the mindset stuff we've been talking about, right? Mm-hmm. If you're not communicating even to yourself or to the universe exactly what it is that you want to attract, how can you be disappointed when you don't get it? It's like people are disappointed with the results that they haven't got from the intention or the the goal that they never clarified or set. Yeah. So sometimes, and I, I you know I think in a relationship is a perfect example. If there's something that you're unhappy about, or there's something that your partner's doing or maybe not doing that's that's frustrating, you can either let that just mull over for a long time, and that starts to become this bit of resentment, right? Or yeah. you can just communicate it very clearly, and a lot of the time. The thing that you communicate once it's actually received is a very simple and easy shift or it might be something that they didn't even realize was going on or they didn't even realize was affecting you but if you don't communicate it then it's up to it's your responsibility it's not it's not anyone else's responsibility to be able to read your mind of of what you want to happen or what you want to attract if you never actually identify it and and get really clear with what that is yeah yeah, it's it's funny you bring that up. That specifically reminds me of something with with Jenny Lee because like obviously communication with romantic partner is such a big thing. And uh, I remember one time specifically, I had had a long day, and we have a little deal with the dishes where um, she will always load them at night, so the sink is always clear, and then I unload them during the day, so that come nighttime the dishwasher is empty and she can load it. So. I'd been doing it for a few days. And then I remember one day at a super long day, I'm like, I really hope the dishes are done when I get home. And they weren't. And I was like, in my head, I'm just fucking cursing her out like crazy. I'm like, fuck, why do I have to do the dishes all the time? Like, this is like four days in a row. And then I caught myself. I'm like, Carl, if you wanted the dishes done, why didn't you just fucking ask? Like it's that simple. I could have I could have called her and said, "Hey, hon, like I'm I'm having a super long day. Would you mind taking care of the dishes before I get home?" That that's all it would have taken. That's all it would have taken. But yeah, being able to communicate that in a way and knowing your partner isn't going to take it personally, and that's one of the huge things with communication and romantic relationships, especially, is how do you how do you go about communicating things in such a way that your partner isn't going to receive it the way that it wasn't meant to be received? And so the way that like Jenny Lee and I, I'm, I'm humble about a lot of things. One thing I'm not going to be humble about at all is our communication because our communication is fucking spec. And one of the ways it got that is again, going into the gym, I'm like, okay, well, with my workouts, I'm always gauging my workout on a level one, two, three. Like when I go into the gym, I'm like, what level am I going to play at today? How do I feel? Okay. Level one, I'm taking it nice and easy. Nothing wrong with that. Level two, I'll dial it up when I can dial back when I need level three. I'm feeling fucking great. I'm going for PRs today. Um, so in terms of communication, I'm like, okay, well, 
what does level one communication look like? And then I define that for myself. It's like, okay, this is where we're at. Okay, well, what would level two look like? And then just constantly defining what those things look like. But the biggest thing I think that helped us was the mindset shift of, and this one's hard, not taking anything personally. Like understanding that if somebody's having a rough day and they give you a glance or they say something that's a little, a little triggerish, the language you use is pretty important. So rather than like Jenny Lee and I all the time, whenever we have conversations, I'll be like, won't be when you said this, it made me feel this. It's, you know what, when you said this, this is what came up for me. And just accepting responsibility for it. Cause you've talked about this before. And I love this too. Like when, once you realize, I think this was part of your, your, your list of 30, where when you realize something's gone wrong, it might not be your fault, but now it's your responsibility. And so if we're mm -hmm. accepting that same type of mindset within relationships or whatever it is that, yeah, shit may not be your fault, but as soon as you know it's wrong, now it's your responsibility. That changes the game from a mindset perspective for sure. 100%. Yeah, I love that. Uh, I think <clears throat> having that that conversation beforehand or or prior, right? Like to to say, hey, or even just prefacing what you're about to say. If you're coming, it, it all. It, mm -hmm. I think it comes down to the ways delivered as well, right? And this is this goes with any relationship, business relationship, uh, you know, trainer to client relationship. Um, it, it's prefacing it with like, look, this is not coming from a bad place, or this is just something that I want. Like, I don't want you to respond in a certain way. This is not because I'm angry or anything. Like, this is just something that I'm that I'm wanting to communicate with you. But at the same time, not making it like a. I think following it up with like asking for what their opinion is as well. Yeah, is always super effective. So it's like, hey, this is what I'm thinking. It's not like a definite. I'm not telling you this is how shit has to go. It's my way or <laughs> it's it's the fucking highway. It's like this is how I think this should happen or this is my opinion on this or or could we do this? Happy to hear your thoughts on it. So then yeah. that way it's a bit more of a discussion. It's not like you talking at someone. Um, yeah, I, I think that that's that applies for most most relationships or communication with anyone. Yeah, it what that made me think of is like. In the gym, for example, I'm like, like, let's say I'm getting down, I'm getting ready to do a heavy set of bench. I'm really particular on the way that people spot me. Like if I start struggling with it, I don't want you to just grab it and rip it up because I might've been able to get it up myself. So if you grab the bar and you lift it, it's like, fuck, like I should have yeah. told them in advance, listen, yeah. if I start to struggle, have your hands there just in case, spot me just enough. And the only time I want you to lift it off is if it starts going in the wrong direction, like that's a clear sign. So, but I need to communicate that in advance. So one of the strategies that's really, really helped me, I got this from Kevin Palmieri over at uh, next level university podcast. Um, he was talking about when he was on my podcast, he was talking about when he needs to have a difficult conversation with his partner, he starts it off with babe, can I have a vulnerable share? And so I've done that with Jenny Lee as well, where it's like, I'm letting her know specifically what I need or what I'm coming into the conversation with. And then one thing she's really good at as well that I adopted was just like when you're going to spot somebody in the gym, you're like, you want to find out how they want to spot you is asking, Kay, what are you looking for right now? Are you looking for my opinion? Are you looking to just vent? Are you looking for me to mm. su like su support you here? Like, what do you want? I know by now, what she's looking for without her even having to say it most of the time. And I know I'm not going to be like the old asshole, Carl, whereas even before she's done saying what her problem is, I'm providing solutions. Cause that's 
annoying as fuck for a woman. I know that. Um, but how do you want to be spotted in your relationship? You have to let your partner know what a spot means to you in that given moment. Mm. Incredible. I think there's a, there's a lot of really good takeaways there from, from those lessons that you've taken. And, and, you know, I guess speaking of lessons, <clears throat> I'm a massive believer. And I know you are as well in terms of when you're wanting to improve in certain areas, the, the fastest way to improve in any area or at any skill or at anything new is to learn from someone who's already experienced it before, mm -hmm. right? Whether it's a paying a mentor or paying a coach, um, you know, a perspective or a belief that shifted a lot for me over the last few years is around financially paying for a coach or financially paying for a mentor, even if it is a significant or uncomfortable amount of money, knowing what I'm actually receiving in return for, for giving or for paying that money, right? It's like, yes, yeah. this might cost me a lot of money or it might cost you time or it might cost you whatever, <clears throat> but the return I'm going to get on that is saving myself five years of experience or, or 10 years of experience or mistakes or whatever it may be. Now, yeah. I feel like indirectly, I've actually received a lot of that value from connecting with guests on the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. Right. And, and as I said, I, I now kind of go out of my way to look at all right, what areas of my life do I need to improve in? How can I improve in those areas as quickly as possible? Does that require me to then, you know, hire a mentor? Is it to go and do a course? Is it to read a book? Is it to listen to a podcast? Whatever it is. I'm curious to hear like what has been some of the biggest lessons or takeaways that you've actually learned that you didn't have an understanding of before from recording, you know, your own podcast. Mm. I love this. And we'll question have the link because, to the, the uh, Inspired by Impact podcast in the show below, in the show notes below. It's such a good question because every single episode, what I do is I'll re listen to the recording and then I come up, I take like timestamps on my phone of the, the moments that really hit me. So I didn't count how many I did with yours and Jai's and Kate's, but I, I had guesstimated that it was going to be around 27 and I guarantee you it's right around the 25 to 30 mark in terms of notable quotables. So what are the things that DK said that are like, Oh fuck, this is beautiful. And then I actually write those down and then I use them as part of a journaling experience in my morning routine to figure out how am I going to apply what I just heard? So ones that jump out at me right now, um, the ones that have been most useful. I had a guy on my podcast. Uh, his name was Pradeep Sangha. And one of the things that he said was when he's thinking about goal achievement, he went from thinking about what he needed to do and how he needed to do it to who support he could enlist in order to help him achieve it. So mm. anytime I'm struggling with something that I'm working towards now, rather than thinking about what do I have to do and how can I do it, to your point about coaching and mentoring and modeling, I'm like, who can I enlist to help me do this? So that was a big one. But one of the other massive ones was, uh, I had a guy on my, on my uh, show who's a men's coach. His name's uh, Jay Stamatelos. He calls himself a self-relationship coach because he helps men really develop their relationship with themselves, which is, he's a dude you need to check out. He's fucking amazing. But one of the quotes that he had on my podcast had to do with something along the lines of when you're an entrepreneur and you're a hyper competitive person like we are, 
you really have to have a lot of self-compassion in order to handle the swings of your emotions. Otherwise, you'll burn out and you'll never be able to get back on track. So, for example, yesterday, I'm like, I don't know why, but I haven't been sleeping good at all for the past like four days where I'm getting like three, maybe four hours of sleep, waking up at 2 a.m. I'm fucking wide awake, so I just get up. And so come... 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock in the morning, I'm pretty gassed. So I'm like, you know what? I don't have it in me to do my podcast today. And normally what that would do is it would send me down like a rabbit hole of darkness where I would shit all over myself for not doing what I promised myself I would do. I would binge on Netflix. I'd order pizza. I'd get some fucking Boston cream donuts, eat like shit and just make myself feel like shit even more. But I said, you know what? We're going to just let these feelings be right now. It's totally fine that you have a level one right now because emotionally you're injured. And just like in the gym, if something's fucked up and you're injured, you're not going to be able to perform your best. So I'm like, I'm not going to perform my best right now. What I am going to do though, is I am going to have a level one. So when I do my podcast, rather than me doing all the crazy edits that I want to do, you know what? I'm doing just the bare bones to get a podcast out. So it's posted and it's done. It's just like getting to the gym when you don't feel like getting to mm -hmm. the gym without self-compassion, man, that is Having self-compassion has completely changed my relationship with myself, my relationship with depression, my relationship with anxiety, and just my mental and emotional health big time. And there's so many others from so many other guests. Like the quotes I got from you alone, like wait until you see them, bud. There's, a, there's at least 30, like from the two combined episodes. It, it, it's crazy. It's just how the fuck am I going to apply them all? But I'll pick one or two and apply them. That's awesome. I, I really like that, that having compassion for yourself something that I think a lot of people need to work on or at least need to understand, um, you know, even something I've been leaning, to, leaning into a lot lately is around really helping people understand that in order for you to live like that fulfilled life where, where you're, you're, I don't want to use the word content, but you're, you feel like you're, you're within your purpose, right? The, the way to mm -hmm. live that fulfilled life it all starts and I know it sounds cheesy as fuck and you hear this all the time and people kind of just brush it off because it's a bit cliche, but it's like you have to learn to to feel abundance, love, happiness, all of those those positive and high-frequency emotions. You need to be able to feel those through just being by yourself or like you have yeah. to be able to make yourself feel that way first before you then start to go look for it from someone or something else, right? So that's one of the reasons why I find meditation so powerful is because if I can sit anywhere in the world, in any location, literally by myself with my eyes closed and start to generate these feelings of gratitude, of success, of happiness, of abundance, of love, whatever it may be, through thought alone with my eyes closed, I don't need anything, anyone, any place to be able to give me that feeling, then I'm then... I'm then not going out and searching for, I'm not feeling these little voids or, or reaching for distractions to try and make myself believe that these things make me feel good. Right. And mm -hmm. I think it's obviously that applies massively in relationships too. It's like, if you're just in a relationship purely so you can feel good for a little bit, it's just a band aid, Right. Whereas if you're able to feel these feelings just because of yourself or by yourself or, or through thought alone initially, then you're going to attract the right person or you're going to attract the right people, or you're going to be doing things out of uh, because of purpose or because of like abundance or love more so than out of necessity to try and fill this little to fill this little void. But <clears throat> I wanted to ask you around the the topics of beliefs. Okay, is there a belief that really sticks out for you that you had to get past 
that was that was really holding you back from I guess becoming the best version of yourself or whether it was within business or relationship or whatever and I know we've probably touched on a few of them indirectly in that podcast already but what was that belief that you needed to change because I think it's really important for people to understand a lot of the time when we have these blocks or we feel like we're stuck or we, we can't reach these certain levels of success or happiness whatever it is it all starts with shifting your beliefs yeah because if you have a belief and the belief is not aligned with what you want or it's not a, it's not true there's no evidence to back the belief up but it's a, a subconscious thing a program that's kind of running your life for you you're going to end up in the same fucking spot no matter what you do no matter how you do it no matter who you ask no matter what fucking weather it is outside you're going to end up in the exact same spot over and over and over again until you get past that mm -hmm. belief. So what was that belief for you? What that belief is for me, because it is a belief that I am still managing and really trying to, um, I'm still chipping away at is who the fuck would listen to me. Like I've got, so the way that I phrase it is a very long time ago, a friend of mine got me to do something that I'd never thought of doing. I identified, so imagine having the two voices in your head. You've got the voice that is like cheering you are, and then you got the voice that's calling you a fucking piece of shit. So my, my piece of shit voice, I call the block. And the reason I call it the block is because in 2017, when I did this experience in a men's coaching program, I would close my eyes. And I tried to envision where that energy was. And it's right in like the lower part of my abs. And I see it as a transparent cube. So I called it the block. And then a friend of mine said, Carl, have you ever written a letter to the block? I was like, no. So I wrote a letter to it saying like, why are you doing all this shit? And then the responses I was getting back from the block were they were so profound. It's like, don't you understand? I'm not doing this to hold you back. I'm doing this to, pro to propel you forward. And not too long ago, I realized like when the block is coming up, when the block comes up for me, that's when it's telling me don't do this because nobody's going to, nobody's going to sign up for your challenge. Nobody's going to listen to your podcast. Nobody's going to listen to your advice. To me, that's like the block knocking on the door saying, okay, motherfucker, let's go to the gym. Like he, cause he's, he's getting me to confront all the fears that I have. So the belief that I have is who the fuck's going to listen to you. The way that I'm overcoming that right now is realizing that it's not me that they have to listen to. There is something that comes through me when I hop on the mic on the podcast, just like when I'm in front of a group doing group fitness, I don't know what it is, but it's, it's just not me. It's something being channeled through me. So it's not that people have to listen to me. I just have to get on the mic and share with and share whatever the hell's supposed to be coming through me in that moment. It's not even about mm -hmm. me. And so just like you talked about on um, the last podcast as well, is like one of the best ways to get over like a negative emotional state is making sure that you're helping somebody else out, like give somebody else a spot, getting outside of yourself and serving other people. That's how I'm dealing with the belief of who the fuck is going to listen to you with it's not about me. Like they're not, again, they're not listening to me. There's just this message that feels so right for me to share. And it's so easy to do it that I, I don't have to worry about if anybody listens or doesn't get it or anything like that, because it seems like that's already taken care of. That's awesome, man. I appreciate you if sharing that. that. Sense. It makes sense for sure. Something that came to mind while you were saying that is, 
and I think we discussed it on on the last episode I did with you is that I think the best way to look at that and you know that block I think everyone has some form of block in some way someone has everyone has that little voice or whatever that pops up and to me I just look at that now as the ego and anytime yeah. you're about to go to the next level anytime you're about to step out of your comfort zone every time you're about to do something that's going to change your life or change you as a person or, or have impact that's something you haven't done before the ego just pops up right the ego pops up and goes hey man go back to what you were doing before this is going to be uncomfortable and we can't fucking yeah. be bothered doing this like we don't want to feel this discomfort so go back to go back to what we've been doing it's safe it's comfortable it's familiar it's easy and we'll just go back so it kind of brings up this fear or it brings up this anxiety or it brings up this question of like should I do this? Or yeah, as you said, will anyone sign up? Does anyone want to listen to me? Blah, blah, blah. But to me now, I just see those little moments as I just refer to them as tickets for growth. I've been using this analogy mm. with my clients. It's like, once you start to elevate your frequency, or once you start to see that progress or start to see a bit of success or start to find a bit of happiness, the universe is always going to throw you these little speed bumps and they're tickets for growth. And the way you can look at them is that, all right, this is the universe going, all right, you've been doing the work, you've been saying you're improving, you're feeling really good. Let's see whether or not any of this shit's actually worked. Let's see whether you've actually changed, right? And when that speed bump comes mm -hmm. up, we have a choice. And those choices come up multiple times per day. And the choices are harder to make the more important the step actually is. So it's like the ego comes up and goes, all right, are we going to stay the same? Because the body and the mind will do anything and everything it possibly can to make you make the same decision you've always made to keep you in that comfort and the familiar and the known. But by actively and consciously making the choice to choose that discomfort, that's where the growth is. And every single time we make the growth choice, it becomes that becomes the hardwiring. That, that becomes the habit. That becomes the, the automatic response over time. But like I said to a group of clients I was working with last night on a, on a mindset mastermind, I said, all of this stuff, like all of this mindset shifting stuff works. Like I, I've seen it firsthand. I, I've spoken to so many people who have seen massive shifts and changes in their life because of this stuff. But just like anything else, it's not fucking easy and it's not meant to be easy. Mm -hmm. It's just like anything else. It's like to, to, to make any change or to have any shift or to break through any belief or to to break through this little barrier that you feel like you've been stuck at, it's obviously going to be difficult. If it was easy, we would have already fucking done it, right? So it's yeah. like that when the ticket for growth shows itself, it's the active choice. Which one am I going to make? Am I going to make the one that my body and my mind are telling me to make because that's the easy one? Or I'm going to make the uncomfortable one knowing that on the other side of that, there is growth and change. Yeah, I, I love the tickets for growth analogy, by the way, like that's fucking beautiful. That, that is going to be the one thing I know for sure sticks with me. The next time something's hard, I'm going to be like, Oh man, cam, I'm going to cash in this ticket right now. Cause yeah. And then yeah. it makes me think of like, uh, like a stairway, like every single time you're faced and you have that ticket, it's like, you can get to the next step. And, and I love that. It makes me think of something that I used to tell people in inside of my classes too, is, um, like at that point in a set where shit's starting to get hard, like you have two choices, break down or break through. And we all know that strength is when you choose to break through. Break through. And yeah. And one of the things that you mentioned there too, because you had mentioned this in the podcast, the whole thing about, oh, I think, yeah, maybe my podcast or it might've been your 30 lessons, but where with regards to motivation versus habits, right? Like, cause mm -hmm. like you said, there's days where like even today 
I, there was a lot of things I didn't feel motivated to do today, but luckily there have been some habits forged that enabled me to get shit done. So say for example, like in the gym, the first thing I do when I get to the gym is I always ask myself, okay, what are you training for today? And I don't mean like, am I doing legs? Am I doing strength? It's like, no, the vast majority of the time I'm, I'm, I'm choosing a feeling that I want to feel a feeling that I want to experience. So one of the things that I'm training for on a regular basis is confidence. So I'm like, okay, well, what's it going to take to feel confident for me? I have to, during every single exercise, every single exercise, right before I'm about to do a set, like either at least the last set, but maybe a couple sets, I have to figure out what is going to make this set questionable. Like what is going to scare me to try to do in this set? So is it doing an extra rep? Is it putting an extra 50 pounds on the leg press? Is it going a little bit deeper in the squat? Is it holding a little bit longer? Like I have to do something that I don't think that I can do just to build that confidence because I know that that habit is going to show up elsewhere as well. When it's time to have a difficult conversation with Jenny Lee and I want to back down, the habit of confidence kicks in. When it comes to hopping on the mic and doing a podcast and reaching out to some amazing guests like you to come on the show, when I'm telling myself, why the fuck would they want to come on your show, Carl? It's like, no, the habit of confidence is there. So yeah, habit trumps motivation every day of the week. That's brilliant, man. I think that is uh, that is the perfect way to wrap up our first conversation together, man. I think there's been so many, as you mentioned before, you go through and listen to the episodes you record and, and see all these little golden nuggets throughout the episode. And I know there's so many of them today that the the audience will will get an immense amount of value from. Um, and, you know, as always, I've really enjoyed having a conversation with you, man. We chatted about on the last episode, hopefully trying to link up at some stage in person. But um, I just want yeah. to say that the work that you're doing is awesome, man. Um, you're inspiring a lot of people. You're adding so much value to the world. Um, and yeah, I'm very grateful that firstly, you know, I was asked to come on your show, but now that we've been able to connect and that you've come on mine and I know the the audience, as I said, will have benefit, benefited a lot from um, today's episode. And I'm looking forward to, to staying in touch, man. So uh, I'll have the link to your show, your podcast and your socials and everything in the show notes below so people can, can come and connect with you if you guys have any questions for Carl or want to keep up with his journey, which I would highly recommend you do. Uh, make sure you use those links in the show notes. But um, I appreciate your time, man. Thank you for joining the Fitness and Lifestyle podcast. Thanks for having me on, bro. This was a blast.